bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. Have you noticed that there are certain things you pray for and you get answers quickly? And there are other things you pray for you don't get answers. And you wonder why it's your level of faith. You're trying to power an air conditioner with television cable. It won't work. Has God changed? No. He's all powerful. The problem is your faith. And many of us have never really consciously grown our faith. We don't even know we must grow our faith. We didn't, we didn't know that faith can grow and faith can diminish. And so we feel, well, God is all-powerful. God can do everything. God can do anything. And I believe if I pray, I'll receive. And we pray and we don't receive. Well, you can't blame God because he's all-powerful. That is self-evident. So, it's your faith. And something has to be done to boost up your faith, to grow your faith from a low level to a higher level. So, let's see how faith begins, how everything begins. We talked about the measure of faith. Let's see how it all begins. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Very interesting verse. And it says, But... And remember, Hebrews chapter 11 is the whole chapter on faith. It talks about people of faith and what they did with their faith and how God used their faith and so on and so forth. Now, it comes to verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to note carefully what the scripture says. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. I don't know how you, you understand the word impossible, but I think impossible means impossible. Impossible means no way. Impossible means there is no way you can please God outside of faith. It didn't say without prayer, you cannot please God. It says without faith. So you can pray, you can fast, you can, you can dance, you can worship, you can speak in tongues. Without faith, it's nothing. That's a, quite a powerful statement. It means that for my spiritual life, the most important thing I must focus on is my faith level. Not my prayer level, not even my worship level, as, as important as prayer is and worship is. If I don't deal with my faith level, I can't please God. So, when I was growing up as a Christian, you know, I grew up uh, from a nominal Christian level, got born again, and became a Pentecostal, entered a Pentecostal church. Assemblies of God Church. 
And, you know, that's when I learned, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, learned how to pray. And then I became part of a youth group. And uh, we used to pray in the bush, you know, uh, in the forest and, and go for crusades and do all kinds of things. Now, all those times, I learned how to pray, learned how to fast, learned how to read the Bible, learned how to... Um, do several things as a Christian, but nobody had ever told me that I needed to grow my faith. So my whole Christian life was great. I was reading the Bible. I was praying. I was fasting. I was doing all these Christian activities, but I had never heard that faith could grow, that what I received from God was based on my faith. I thought it was based on my prayer. But it is based on my faith. Because my faith, my prayer, must be based on my faith. It's not how much you pray. It's how much faith you have. And when you have faith, your prayer is sharper than when you're praying without faith. I got to know about faith later on and started learning and studying about faith. Now Hebrews says, without faith it is impossible to please God. How many of you want to please God? Okay. Without faith it is impossible to please God. Now if we take the converse of that verse, then we can say with faith it is possible to please God. So if I want to please God, I have to come by faith. And Hebrews tells us how to come to God. How to come to God. Tells us two ways about how to come to God. He says, he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is. That he's self-existing. The Greek verb that is translated is has the meaning of to become, to be, or to prove yourself. He who comes to God must know that he, he is, he can become everything that he desires to be, and he can prove himself. Believe that God is, God exists. Now you can't have faith without that. That's where faith starts from. Everybody's faith starts with believing that God is. If you don't believe there is a God, you can't start with faith. God is. God is is the beginning of faith. That's the first level of faith. God is. And in every human society, every society, from ancient days to now, people believe God is. If you leave any human being, any human being without education, just a person is born or a group of people are born, you leave them in the bush, and they never go to school, never read a book, nobody talks to them, and they grow up, they will draw the conclusion that there is a God. Human beings in their natural state believe there is God. They, they start believing there is no God when they are taught through education that there is no God. Atheism is not natural. The natural state of man is theism, is believing there is a God. 
Whether they believe that, that God has a son called Jesus is another thing. But every human being left on himself will come to the conclusion there is a God. So faith starts when we say there is a God. How many of you believe there is a God? God is. Okay. So that's, that's where faith starts. There is a God. There is a God. That's where faith starts. That's your first measure. There is a God. Then the second thing that Hebrews says we must have when we come to God is that we must believe that God rewards those who seek him. There is a God. But that God is not out there minding his own business and not involved in our lives. There is a God. He's involved in our lives and he rewards those who seek him. So knowing there is a God is one, but knowing that that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him is faith. Because when you believe there is a God, you've done well. In fact, I like how James puts it. James says that it is good to believe that there is a God, but even the devils believe that there is a God and they tremble. So believing there is a God is good, but it's not good enough. Even the devil believes there is a God. You have to go from, I believe there is a God, to saying, I believe that this God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if I seek him, he will reward me. If I seek him, I will find him. If I talk to him, he will listen. If I call him, he will answer. Because this God is not out there unconcerned. This God is concerned about my life. So when I seek him, he will reward me. So faith is when I believe there is a God, but I also believe that this God is interested in my life. This God is involved in my life. This God is a rewarder. And when I seek him and do his will, the attached reward will be given to me. Now, you may say that is, oh, but pastor, that is simple knowledge we all know. There's a difference between knowing something in your head and living like that. Because if you believe that there is a God and he is a rewarder, then your actions are going to be different. Because if you lie about somebody, you know that there is a God and he's a rewarder. Is that not so? If you steal, you know there is a God and he's a rewarder. Now the reason you steal is because you believe there is a God but he doesn't care. The reason you will go and take something that does not belong to you and take it by force is you believe it doesn't matter. I can get away with it because there is a God, but God doesn't care. Because if you believe that there is a God and he's a rewarder, then every action of yours will be based on the fact that there is a God and he's a rewarder. Are you following me? Because if there is a God and he's a rewarder, then whatever I do in secret, he sees it. He is. And he's a rewarder. If I steal in secret, he is. And he's a rewarder. If I hate people in secret, he is. And he's a rewarder. If I have a secret plan to destroy somebody, he is. And he's a rewarder. 
But if I say I'm a Christian, I believe God is, but I'm, I'm living in sin, I'm, I'm stealing, I'm lying, I'm destroying people, then I believe God is, but I don't believe he's a rewarder. So really, your faith hasn't even started working. Because if you believe he is, and he is a rewarder, that's the first level of faith. First way you start operating in faith. Do you believe God is a rewarder? Do you believe when you call on him, he will hear? Do you believe when you cheat somebody and he calls on God, God will hear? Do you believe when you cheat a widow, the fatherless, the weak, the oppressed, and they call on God, he hears? If you believe that, you will not go and cheat them. But if you're cheating people and lying people and still going around and singing hallelujah, it means you believe God is, but you don't believe he's a rewarder. So your faith hasn't even started working. Because to start, you must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. When I call on him, he will answer. When I talk to him, he will hear. In the same way, when I disobey him, I get the consequences. All right, let's move from there. There are several types of faith I want to talk about, and then I will talk about how to grow them. Several types of faith. The first type of faith is what I call the natural faith. Natural faith. Natural faith gives you confidence. Natural faith gives you confidence. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 1 to 3, Jesus described natural faith. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him as that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when it is evening you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Now, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, you are able to have faith in what will happen based on natural observance. It's what I call natural faith. Natural faith is faith we have naturally, based on natural observation, based on looking at how life is and and the having confidence in the natural system. By our natural faith, that if you put your car key into your car's ignition keyhole and you turn on the ignition, the car will start. That's natural faith. You believe that when you turn your steer right, the car will move right. How do you know it will move right? Because you know according to the laws that govern the car, go right. That's natural faith. By natural faith, you came to church today and you sat on a chair without examining the chair because you believed in the chair. That's natural faith. Jesus told the Pharisees of his days, you have natural faith in the weather. If the weatherman comes and says, it's going to rain today at 5 o'clock, all things being equal, you will prepare for rain at 5 o'clock. Why? Because you have faith in him. Now, is that spiritual faith? No, it's natural faith. It's natural faith. And everybody has natural faith. As a matter of fact, all human beings operate on natural faith. So, natural faith is when 
you believe in nature and a natural system that things will go according to how they expect it to go. That's natural faith. And everybody has it. Everybody's using it today. But beyond natural faith, there is a certain second level of faith that we must have. It's what I call saving faith. Saving faith. Natural faith gives us confidence in life. Saving faith leads us to salvation. That's what makes us born again. Romans 8, Romans 10, 8 to 13. What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Saving faith is when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Saving faith makes us children of God. Saving faith qualifies us from heaven. Saving faith opens our eyes to spiritual things. So natural faith will give you confidence in life. And it's great to have confidence in life. There are people with tons of natural faith. Great entrepreneurs with great natural faith. But no spiritual faith, no saving faith, because they haven't put their faith in Christ Jesus. Believing that Jesus died for you, he rose on the cross, from the grave for you, gives you what is called saving faith. If you are born again, you are saved. And that salvation did not come from your own works. It came because you believed in what Jesus has done. So there is natural faith and there is saving faith.